Hey everybody, welcome to Hallway Chat. This is Nabil, Bijan, Kevin. Yeah, we have Kevin joining guest, us today. Guest attending. Kevin yep. Thal. Uh, our partner. So we all happened to be in San Francisco today, decided to sit down, uh, write a couple things on the whiteboard, and uh, have a hallway chat on what we're talking about in the hallway. So we're going to start by talking about uh, AirPods. Um, I'm not going to be talking about AirPods because I like delayed by 48 hours and didn't get my AirPods in time. So well, I'm going to get them sometime in February or March. Oh, but yeah. my two colleagues, esteemed colleagues here, have been have been running around um, with uh, white things sticking out of their ears the last couple of weeks. And I'll let you take it away from here. Uh, are you excited to get these? I mean, after hearing most of my friends, yeah, I'm super excited. All right. How do you game like changer for me. Total game changer. I've been waiting for this moment for a long time because I could never deal with the cord issue. You were not a cord. And I'm a guy. walker to work. I walk and take muni and stuff. So I always wanted to listen to podcasts, but never could deal with the cord. You take it out of your pocket, no matter how you wrap it. Right. And it's like in 15 knots. So, so but right. here's my real question, which is like, you know, the beginning of this was like, I don't know, did you guys ever try like the Moto Hint? Like we were a year, 18 months, in, you know, into folks trying to make really tiny earbuds that are wireless that go in your ear. And there's companies but like- But did they have a wire connecting them? No, not the Moto Hint. No, um, did they ever or, ship? They did, yeah. I have a pair. And? They weren't very good. <laughs> did, did they come in a nice little charging case? Yeah, see I'm trying to figure out what's the, it's so interesting with the consumer yeah. product, right? right? Like. I was super excited when the Moto Hint came out because it was super tiny, it goes in your ear, it actually looks a lot less dorky than the Apple one, sorry. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, but the audio quality was terrible, the like charging for it was terrible, like the user experience just didn't, like I don't know, didn't feel magical. And yet, and yet what I hear from Apple you know, people, <laughs> folks, is that is that, that this is like daily use case. It's so easy. It's yeah. wonderful, yeah. and and I, and it's that interesting line between something that on paper, bullet for bullet, seems very similar, but but maybe in practice, there's there's a separation. So when I got mine, they already charged. I opened them. They paired right away. I mean, like that opening them was the pairing. That's awesome. And then that whole, the, was I, it? it was it. And then that like whole thing ear. about like take out of one ear and it pauses, it sounds so trite yeah. and it's so amazing. I, I find that to be yeah. amazing, yeah. really amazing. I have one beef. What's the beef? My only beef is um, you can't control the volume. Hmm. So you gotta either tell Don't Siri. Don't you have a phone? Well, that's just- With a volume button on it? But you wanna leave your phone in your pocket. Right. Right, or like I'll, I'll listen to a podcast in the kitchen while I'm doing dishes or something like that, and then I'll have the phone like charging or something, and I gotta go over there. Or, or you can tell Siri to move you can tell Siri. I, but, I have but, not gotten to that workflow. But why, but why, I mean like if we're going to, isn't the whole idea that you're gonna be speaking to your voice overlords or your voice assistants for every little thing in your life? Except the problem is that my use case when I'm out about in the city, I don't wanna do that ever. That's yeah. weird. See, this is my good. You're Socially segway. awkward. Yeah, to... I, I think Siri. I come back to this all the time when folks keep talking oh. about how you know voice UXs are going to you know take over everything and be the future. Which is that for you know voice? There's very little where voice is the best user interface. Very very narrow applications where voice is the best. User. Maybe the only one is me alone in my house with an Alexa. 
on the other side of the room and I want something to happen and I don't want to go to my pocket because where I don't want to go to my phone, which is plugged in somewhere. But yeah, on a subway, like I don't want to be the lunatic talking to myself. Yeah. And, and the, the voice interface is terrible for so many different use cases, like selecting things. Yeah. Right. You're going to, you're going to read me all 10 things scan <laughs> them in like five seconds and choose one. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Have you guys, do you guys have uh, Alexa and Google Home? Yes. I think every time we use the A word, I'm afraid we've just. Uh, oh, yes. The 19 people that listen to our podcast. Do we need like a code word? Do we need a safe word for. Uh... Let's just do it. It's, it's a, <laughs> but uh, I have both. I had the kind people at Google sent me a home, and then we already had Ale uh, Alexa. Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and uh, they are so similar and so different. I mean, the, I feel like Google isn't as good, you know, like if you, if you had to pick one, I think right. the Amazon product is just better. And is that because of the integrations? I feel like it's, it's the, it's more bulletproof. I feel like it just works. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like Google, the failure rate is still too high, meaningful, yeah. you know, and, um, but here's the thing that I, I don't know how this thing plays out because in a way these things aren't natural competitors. Like Google's never going in the e-commerce business, right? Right. Never so ridiculous, <clears throat> but yes. in, in a reasonable That's hard period to say of time. Google's, right. yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine asking them for? But then, and then Amazon's not going to take over my email account. Never, never. You think that's going to happen? Nabil's looking at me, puzzled. <laughs> well, uh, if there's anything that seems to be the prevailing trend over the last five to six years, it's that you know all of the big, you know, there's a handful of large juggernaut tech companies right. and. You know, at the, for for years they all stayed in their own business, right. and the last six years have been about yeah, everybody getting work. everybody's business. Like that's that's the idea is that and you know there's only one business. relationship with a customer, yeah. and we want to own the relationship with the customer, and therefore we need horizontally. Like if we're Amazon, that means we need to offer an email service and a search service, and we need to own a phone. Uh, we we need to you know they they need to do everything, and if you're you know Apple, yeah. you should probably do something that has to do with search. Like I asked this question many years ago, where I said. Isn't everyone just kind of playing the same game? Yeah. You just start from a different point, right? And ultimately, you have your video service, your search service, your commerce service here. Yeah, I I hear you. Okay. I, I Which just... one would you like to stream your music from this week, Bijan? Yeah, clearly there's overlap there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll tell you. I went to the Google store with my son over over uh, Thanksgiving, and he goes, uh, "Hey, why does Google just copy everyone else's products?" My ten year old kid said that. I yeah. think that was yeah, that's because you've been brainwashing him for the last four years <laughs> of his life. <laughs> why do they have an awesome president and, 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 and why does Google copy over the I, I, uh, yeah, I kind of have, I think the ambition is there for everyone to compete, but I think it's, there's a natural cartel that's happened. Like, I feel like, you know, media, you're right. They're all going to compete for, for music and, and video. But I, I feel like in the e-commerce versus search, I feel like it's a natural It's It's, it's played out. Is it, it, that like, it's established itself. And then the question Isn't is, there do tremendous you get... overlap between those two, though? In what way? E I mean, Amazon actually does quite a bit of search. All right. You, what printer should I get? Right. That's the search question. Which would be a which Google, I'm sure, would love that question as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good right. point. So they end up kind of converging because that's then you're like, point. all right, I need to buy a product. I'm going to search for it on Amazon, not Google. Right, right, right. So it's directly competitive. Yeah. In that case. Yeah. It's also very interesting how different their strategies have been. I mean, it's interesting that uh, that Amazon has been so aggressive 
on the integration front into others' products. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure Google will get around to it, but you know, CES was a couple weeks ago, and there were dozens of products with oh, yeah. Alec- like, it. we you know integrated where you can get it in all kinds of products. Um, and you know, they ha- they have a, a investment fund where they're actually investing in a bunch of startups. Makes sense. And and trying to get you know trying to get their voice services inside and way more aggressive. Which is, if anything, what I would expected. You know, with an Android background, that's what I would have expected Google to yeah. push so hard this on. This feels like Netflix everywhere. But yeah, and that's yeah. not been. That's not been Amazon's MO in almost any other category ever. It's a very different game plan for them um, yeah. and a very interesting way for them to try and compete. Well, they put Kindle apps everywhere, but this, this is they're putting embedded tech everywhere. Yeah. Your fridge, your car, right. your whatever. Yeah. And Kindle was like the major platforms. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they made a version for Android and a version for iOS. Like, right. that's, it, it wasn't like they had to do, they, it wasn't like they had to, you know, build a developer program out. Right. I think they have a lot of, ex-Microsoft people on that team. Mm, that, are, that are pushing that. Yeah, mm. that are platform thinkers it, genetically. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think it's interesting because you have, in thinking about how these very large tech companies compete with each other, you know, they're, 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 they're in this bruising battle for a couple of pieces of territory, right? Yeah. Um, and, and then the other narrative of the last three or four or five years has been, you know, how do you take on new platforms? Um, and what are the next places where the battles are going to be held? And so you know, this is why Facebook, you know, is pushed so hard into virtual reality with Oculus and and then augmented reality on Microsoft side and I think on Facebook side um, and apparently Apple's. At, at the same time that all of that's happening, it feels like um, you know the news from Alphabet slash Google is that they're divesting out of a bunch of these new platforms because they're too expensive. And I wonder what you think about that. I think the news, you know, just background like. Um, they're getting out of the sky drone space. They're out of fiber. Um, Skybox, which was uh, a satellite imaging company, right, right. which was renamed something else that I don't remember now. Um, they're apparently maybe on the blocks and being sold. Their electric uh, you know, autonomous car is a very scaled down effort from what it used to be. Right. Like they seem to be, if anything, honing in. And what they're honing into, as you would say, Kevin, is the same game everybody else is playing. It seems... Yeah. It's all Google. It's really there's not an alphabet story anymore. It, that's your read, yeah. I mean, I feel like so. There's no idea. Larry Page just got bored of running Google, but like I, I felt like the yeah. alphabet story was going to be a way to start doing more, not right? Less. Yeah. That's the idea, right? Yeah. And it feels like it's just it's it's a Google story. Google Home is Google. Um, all this stuff is is Google thing. I mean, I think they've got some pretty big bets going, even in just which Google ones do you think are the biggest bets? Well. Full force enterprise strategy. Right. Right. That's true. They should be have they should be fiercely competing with AWS. Right. Right? I mean right. Like, right. that seemed You're right. obvious. Right. Um and they have the search business. They have a you know, right. they compete with Apple head right. on. Right. Um They should care about Slack. I mean that I throw that into right. the enterprise, enterprise business yeah, yeah, that they're yeah. doing. I mean, yeah. right? They've yeah. got yeah. Some pretty big, like they have more going. I mean, way more. But I know that's Apple's all in minimalness. That's all in the core. Yes, yeah, your point is that's all core Google. Yeah. So, do you think Alphabet exists a year from now, or is it just become? Or, is, say, or does it exist but is irrelevant? Little, yeah, it's just a it's just a well, name. Well, isn't but, Alphabet an excellent strategy to make some big acquisitions that you then leave? But would they buy them and leave them outside of Google? Well, I mean, part of yeah. the impetus here. Let's right. just to go back to the to the you know corporate machinations that help create this part of this is 
you know, how do you have a, how do you have somebody who wants to be a startup CEO, a big time CEO person to have the CEO title? This is about Nest. This is about how do you have a person internal to the company who's got very big britches, who doesn't want to be an SVP of, SVP of something. He wants a CEO title and a holding company is the way that you create that structure. Oh, YouTube. And, uh, it's YouTube. It's Google. It's not Alphabet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but the Nest thing, Tony Fidel's not even there anymore. I mean, he's a larger than life. Uh, I'm just going back. Owner. I'm just going back uh, yeah, a year to, to how this, you know, how this all rolled out and happened, right? I mean, it did too. Right, it kept Sundar. Yeah. And it created a structure for buying the next Nest or whatever. Right. What right. Have you. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a real. You know, my guess is just some um, identity issues that they've got to sort out this year because I, I don't think you can be in the divesting business. As aggressively, look, they're not buying stuff. Like, when was the last time they bought something meaningful, like really meaningful? And it, it doesn't feel it. like they, you know. <laughs> and, and you know, meanwhile, they've got all this money overseas. You know, I'm just surprised they haven't bought Spotify. Like, I, I just feel like there's no meaningful M and A. And so, if all the energy right now is divesting, then like, so, I gotta think somebody over there is wondering what, what's up with Alphabet. Uh, I I think we're actually going to see them do. A fairly large acquisition this year. You do in what yeah. category, or who knows? I'm not inside their heads to know, but it it, it feels like you can't. They're not going to rest on the advertising business. Um, it's not in their nature. It's never been in their nature. Uh, and and there's so there's a natural pendulum swing after divesting, mm -hmm. right? They're shutting down a bunch of things that were large scale R and D projects that they tried to push out to market, see if it would get traction. The read is we spent you know X tens or hundreds of millions of dollars. It's we don't see it getting anywhere. We're gonna shut that down. But the, the, the flip side of that is gonna be, you know, what are the next two or three R and D projects that we want to give a letter to yeah. that we want to spit out, and then and then you know what do we want to acquire in? Um, that would be that that would be my expectation, and I think soon, like I think in the next mm -hmm. in the in, in this year. Nabil has just made a 2017 prediction. Did they make a big one in? 2016? Oh, I don't think so. You know, I feel like Nest and Dropcam were like relatively, not back to back, but you know, much closer than it feels quiet since then. Maybe they've done a bunch of aquahire things, but I, I don't feel like they've a done big, anything meaningful. Like, yeah. I mean, Microsoft bought LinkedIn, you know, Facebook bought, you know, WhatsApp and Oculus and I just, yeah. um, Apple bought Beats. They bought um, Apogee for six hundred million. Whoa, that's a big acquisition. Yeah, back in September, um, as part of the Google Cloud. Mm -hmm. Going back to Kevin, your point about competing, with, competing with Amazon and and mm -hmm. and, and, and uh, AWS. AWS and focusing on enterprise. In fact, I think it, you know, looking back through the numbers, you know, uh, uh, like fully like a quarter or more of their acquisitions were all all into the Google Cloud. How unit. much do you think Uber scares? A lot. Yeah. I do. I do too. Yeah. Why? I just feel like naturally they should have, I mean, like searching, which is essentially what we're, what you're doing when you dial up, you know, I want to get from here to there, click a button, they're doing matching drivers and whatnot. Yeah, they care like about, they care about local, they care about maps, they care yeah. about search, they care about, um, it, it feels, it feels like they should really, they should care. I feel like in the divested version of, of Google, they don't care at all. I think I think if they cared in eight, if they cared eighteen months to two years ago, 
it was as a flank because they were interested in being in self-driving um, and autonomous vehicles. And so as part of that, you're offering a service. If you're offering a service, it's ostensibly Uber. So Uber is eventually competition. Like it kind of threads all the way through. But I think, you know, they don't run a logistics business in a real world logistics business. They don't run a shipping business. They don't run, they're not in the business of moving things from A to B. Um, and so in, 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 I mean, they are in bits, but not in atoms. And so it, I don't know that I don't, I don't know that it feels the same as it did maybe eighteen months ago. But um. can we go back to the voice thing real quick? Sure. Um, so take it you're, Are you you're down on it? No, I, I I love the Alexa products. I have used Google Home only sparingly. Um, I mean, it, as a category, it's more of an understanding of its context, right? It's I think we are we are. It's I'll give you an example. Like conversational in, interfaces a year ago where like everything looked like it needed a conversational interface. Every e-commerce app, every, you know, Facebook Messenger was going to take over the but world with conversational interfaces. You know, it's just an example of like we all sometimes fall in love with a new UX convention mm -hmm. instead of thinking about what that UX convention should be applied to and then backing into what the market should be for it then. And so I think conversational interfaces are really actually great for certain types of call and response, long threaded situations where you want to get feedback on something. Like those are good market applications for it. No, but it's just- And voice similarly yeah, yeah. is like, there are specific instances where that UX is good, but I don't think we're gonna find in five years that like nobody's you know putting their finger onto their phone anymore and nobody's looking down at a screen anymore because they're just talking to uh, an assistant AI oh, all the time. That's additive. Yeah, yeah, but don't you think it's gonna like, in your home, I mean, I can just think of endless things that if it was bulletproof, like it was just really robust, you know, make it warmer in this room, you know, we need more milk, you know, just what's the weather outside, it just quick little things totally. that, you know, for sure. using, um, you know, a touch screen or something, it just feels barbaric. Totally. I, I my, my read is that in five years, I still want to flick a light switch when I walk into the room. Why? Because it's an awful lot faster and more direct than trying to talk to something about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because when I walk in, I hit a button and the light turns on right. and it's done, and yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I don't need but to I'll wait you, for yeah. the response back for the light to turn on. It how just about, took too long. How right? about this one though? Changing the channel, finding the program that you want to watch. Voice interfaces for like that for really yeah for things that are hard to search for and retrieve. So, yeah, hey, go find the Warriors game. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, I do that on Apple TV all the time. Hey, TV, turn on. I don't need. No. Hey, volume up, volume up, volume up. Oop, volume down, volume. Like, th there's still a situation where it's not going to be purely voice. It's voice as search. I still use, I use that for Apple TV right now. Yeah. And I use it on my, and my, actually, the Amazon Fire is better than Apple TV, so I use the Amazon what? Fire for it. But um, I'm locked in on that. I understand. Uh, well, you, yeah, they have, they have you, because they have, you have all your Apple I'm, content on there. I'm right? with Kevin. I am so in the ecosystem. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you're not a hater. You just feel like there's a segmentation of use cases and. I think he's saying it's a little overhyped too. I'm a, it's a, people it, are saying it's going to, it's, they're being too aggressive in what all it's going to take. Yeah, over. And I don't want to overstate yeah. that. I think part of any new medium or UX or idea is that a whole bunch of entrepreneurs start at, you know, scattershot try a thousand different ideas and out of that yes a whole bunch of those applications for voice will probably not be great yeah but but also you know i, I would probably be too reductivist if i sat here on a 
you know, on a whiteboard and wrote down the five things, I would also probably miss another five. Yeah, and totally. so like trying all of these things out and seeing what comes up, like that's, that's the creative process. It's fine. For it's me, the only thing that bullish, I feel just, like I'm excited about it is that I, I had such low expectations because Siri taught me that this stuff doesn't work reliably. <laughs> and then when all of a sudden this thing, it works, like it, it, yeah. it, it literally works. So it, it made me feel really optimistic. And are you not nervous at all about the fact that, that your Alexa is now listening to every single thing and so therefore Donald Trump is listening to every single thing that you've got coming into your home? Well, I was, I was mentioning before we started recording, we just watched uh, Snowden. Did you see Snowden, the, the, the movie? And, uh, you know, we all know the big, you know, shit show that came out when he made his revelations about PRISM and all these different government um, programs. And I feel like that was a big hoopla. It's kind of like died down. Right. Them, right. And I guess there's been other things to report on. But um, a few and, things have happened. And I also feel like, and, and this is just me maybe being such an Obama fan, but I almost felt like, hey, as bad as the government may or may not be, we have a reasonable person in charge that... You know, we won't do unreasonable things. It was, I, I realize this is a little bit romantic, but that was, a, you know, my, <laughs> but now we have a situation where we, we, we don't have a reasonable, or, or at least I have a concern about the president-elect, and we have programs where the government has full, and Edward Snowden is even 50% correct, they have um, unbelievable access to our, our, our digital um, selves. I mean, it's it's yeah. all emails, all texts, all voice calls, everything, the full the full thing. Um, so much so that my wife, who's not like a tech person at all, she now has a thing covering her webcam on her laptop. Hmm. She's just it's covered, it's it's fully covered. And like we had drop cams in the house because we you know want to just kind of keep an eye on things. All the inside ones are off yeah. when we're not home. Yeah, they're just whereas before we just left them on because it was easier to leave them on than have to deal with like. Putting them, plugging them in, and plugging like, and um, so now we have uh, Alexa, and the thing's always listening. <laughs> it's a little weird. Oh, it is. Yeah, I, I am not sure that. But that's like, I a, use Gmail. Google yeah, I was going to say own. it's not like how is this even? There's no way back. There's just no way back. I've, I've never had this like concern. Yeah, but you're not I mean, concerned. Maybe naively. It, it just, I, I sleep well at night, though. I just never had, like, right. Google has all our search. I mean, everything right. we've ever typed into. On Do you think internet, Google right? employees are looking at your email? Or you don't care? I just don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really I, comes down, I just don't care. I, I think the issue, I, I'm, not, I'm not triggered by this at all either. And I think it's partly because, you know, the, the, old, the old saw about, about conspiracy theories is that they always assume that people are far more competent than they are. Like if they really have every single voice conversation and every single text message in the country, I am fairly sure they can't find mine. Like they, they like <laughs> they're, they're like yeah. you're expecting. So you don't believe Snowden then? No, I I think they have them all. Right. I'm just saying their ability to actually effectively sift through that relies on like some you know. G15 level person in the government writing a really great search so engine he was, and I don't think they did like no, I just don't that's the part that you don't believe him so he claims that they've got the equivalent of Google for all your all your um, emails and text messages and um, phone records yeah 
So, like, I believe they have it all indexed. Something. I believe they have it all indexed, and I believe, of course, if they type in Coca Cola, that like they'll find every time somebody said Coca Cola no, in a text they, message. They can say the Beal Hyatt social security number, and then they say like, show me all the emails that he wrote. You know, um, something you know potentially you know disagreeable on whatever. Yeah, the last part, the latter part, is the part where I, I, I the the heuristics of that search is really what I what I, I guess makes me sleep well at night. Hmm. Which is like, I write a lot of emails and, and you're sifting through my emails to find the few that might be somewhat incriminating or might, I might be worried about versus the 10 million that are like, honey, I'll be home in an hour or is, is it's fine. I, like, I, you're not going to find her. You, you got to watch the movie. So why, don't we, we, why don't we put that as a, as a to do? As we'll a come homework. back yeah. and we'll open with the shock and awe of Nabil post Snowden. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I, I am not coming saying... Oh my God, big brother, big brother, big brother. But there's, I feel like there's two different points of view. Either he's exaggerating. Right. And they don't have this access the way he's characterized it, which is possible, right? Um, or, because like he didn't show the Guardian, hey, let me pull up a browser and show you how the government thing works. He just gave a lot of documentation on what the programs can do, but he didn't demo it. Right. So either he's right. exaggerating or, um, or it's, they actually have it all. But you know what? I got nothing to hide. Mm -hmm. Right, like, like uh, I'm mm -hmm. not a bad person, and you know, if they want to kind of peek in my emails once a week, like I'm not doing anything bad. Yeah. And the second one is the one I struggle with, because like then I feel like we're getting normalized to, like, uh, just just forfeiting, mm -hmm. you know, uh, civil liberties. Okay, but you know, watch it. I'll watch it. Okay. We'll come back. Watch it at your leisure. Uh, what else are we gonna talk about? You want to talk about this Facebook question? We can talk about the Facebook question. I mean, as long as we're talking about big companies and, and, and you want to talk about Apple, roles. you want to go heavy or you want to go Apple, Apple Maps? Maps? I mean, yeah. I've been waiting now. Yeah, for, yeah. The whole <laughs> reason I came yeah. in the office. Kevin was now we're doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so just I'll, I'll I'll set the stage for this. We're talking about what we're going to talk about. Uh, Nabil and I were chatting about what we should talk about today, and Nabil throws out the Apple Maps is better uh, line, and Kevin was walking down the hall. He's like, "What?" And, and that's that and that's how he got roped in. That's how he got roped in. It is. So, it's better. So why no, is it better? Not, it's not. So so for, so first of all, it, it it like so the context here is is that I I, all, I used Apple Maps when it first came out. It was absolutely <laughs> horrible, right. And was sending me into you know no, no, random you, walls. Wait, right. can I just and, clarify something? Sure. When <clears throat> when Apple Maps first came out, yes. On the iPhone, it was Google, and it was Google Maps. It was magical. No, no, like no, no. no. I, I, you you know, mean you know when, they, when they? Diverged. I mean Apple Maps. Apple Maps. I, see. I okay. mean the new generation of Apple Maps. Yeah. Apple Maps one oh post Google. Yes. yes. Okay. okay. I, I, I used that. You tried it. It was yeah. it was uh, horrible. We okay. I think we probably have a podcast where me and Bijan piled on Apple for their horrible decisions. Um, and how they can't make software and they only make hardware. Right. I probably um, defended them and still use Google Maps. Somehow I did. That's I, right. I, somehow you threaded that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then I tried it again six, seven months later and it lasted like two days. And I was like, this place doesn't have a good locations database and it, it's routing is terrible and whatever. Although the UI had gotten cleaned up and it gotten better. It's like better UI, but terrible directions. Yeah. And the last month and a half, I have been using Apple what, Maps What led you again. to switch? What led you to try it, I should say? What led me to try it is the same reason that my dear friend Kevin here uses Apple TV, even though it's worse than Amazon Fire, which is lock-in. It's because when I'm sitting in my car, it's pretty great to be able to use um, – my, my, my wife bought a new Volvo that has Apple Car 
The CarPlay oh, in it. We have to let next week. Let's talk right? about that. And so we talk about CarPlay next week, but CarPlay integrates with Apple Maps quite nicely. Yeah. So it made me go back and start trying it again. It also integrates with my watch. And so again, like it, vertical it, integration. It's vertical They're integration. So it's it sucked me in. It's right? actually what the best part of the AirPods. Yeah, it's vertical integration. We get back again, right? You open them, and right. it's like. Paper. When was the last time, Kevin, you tried Apple Maps? Just I, I do. So I will just to say this about myself. I will choose the native Apple apps over everything until they just like don't cause you too much pain. Yeah. So I constantly am trying to go back to. Apple Maps because I reset and wipe my phone all the time. It's a sickness that I have. <laughs> I like to just start. No, sometimes I just do it. Like last weekend, I just did it and I just started that. over because I just like the process of rebuilding the what? thing. It's like a cleansing. It's a cleansing. You know, that, we, that's a set. Other people podcast. do colonics. He does the. Yeah. the, the, the I also like call one eight hundred got junk like once a month. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> So I went back to Apple, so I did this with my phone last weekend, went, I drove up to Marin, so I was back in Apple Maps land, drove up to Marin, was supposed to meet a friend at this Cafe Marmalade, and as I don't know Ross that well, and I was like, where's Cafe Marmalade? I'm typing in Cafe Marmalade, it's not coming up. Like, I can't find, I'm, I'm lost. It's not even I that it gave you the wrong directions, it. It, you got a it no wasn't in the place response. It wasn't there, it was showing me one in... Los Angeles and other places, typed it into Google Maps, I downloaded Google, <laughs> Google Maps, Simon Garfield, Cafe Marmalade, I'm like, oh, it's right there. <laughs> so, so you have a very recent example. Very re this was literally last week. Yeah. yeah. So so my experience has been, I, I used, so first of all, I have the inversion of you. I do not use native Apple software because Apple makes bad software. And so my default is the one app you like. You don't use any of the native Apple apps. No, my default. The one you do use my is the shitty one. My, <laughs> my default is that Apple makes better hardware yeah. and Google makes better software. But like, and so I use Spark, Gmail. Safari is better than Chrome. I, I have no. A, I have a, better than Spark. I have a. I have a problem with that overarching statement. Um, no, I'm just talking about my behaviors. We can come back to it in a second. Well, no, Apple Let's talk about make Apple Maps software. They, they're what they're the they make. Great software because the vertically integrated software package. Anything in an has to do with the cloud. Better. Yes, any, services. Any, anything, they are any services. Really bad at services. Yes. Yeah. iMessage is great. But no. Uh, oh, that's a good point. iMessage is, is has point. got. Well, what makes me frustrated is that like I like iMessage now, I do, and I like Apple Maps now, and I like Apple Maps because the UI is a lot cleaner. It's just it's easier. It's a lot cleaner and easier to use the directions, totally. the layout. The, the font choice, like everything about the search interface, it's just a, it's just a better design product than like Google Maps, Google which is very noisy. Because well, it um, looks like an iOS app. And convoluted. Yeah. And well, it's also just like the flow of how you type in a destination mm -hmm. in Apple Maps is way a lot better. cleaner. Um, the interface just, is way better. Yeah, interface is way better. Yeah. Uh, you're going to make Kevin try it. And in fact, you're going to get him lost again. Well, what I did was, I, you know, at first I, I, I did Waze, Google Maps, and Apple Maps. All three of them together searched every single time, probably a dozen times over the first three or four weeks. And what I found is that a lot of the times, you know, Apple Maps was actually giving me the Waze directions versus the Google Maps directions, which is what I prefer. It's like Google Maps kind of heuristic is, is closer to like, 
um, cl- uh, shortest way there and Waze is like, hey, we just don't want you to be stopping traffic, so we'll have you drive an extra turn or two, but keep you moving and have you take yeah. a side road. And that's the way I like to drive anyway. So I, I tend to go to Waze because of that. Now I don't have to use an app that is horrifically designed, Waze, um, and, I, and, I, and I get the, the kind of similar direction. So I'm, I'm very happy. It only makes me angrier, by the way, because if Apple Maps, we all know that they saw the launch of Apple Maps as a big travesty, as like a big black eye, right. and, and they put a bunch of money and time and effort into trying to fix it. And, and in my view, you can be contentious to this, Kevin, but in my view, it's actually worked. They fixed it. That only makes me more angry about the state of Apple Mail. <laughs> like it now shows oh, that they're, they're that they're competent that, that they actually are competent enough to actually make good service software. Me, so then now, what, what do you do with the, the rest of your business? The driving directions thing is better now. I totally concede that. I you can I, see the driving. It's well, just, what okay. happens is you can't actually you can't really live in a Google Maps only or Apple Maps only world because I use the native calendar app, for example, and when there's an app. But that's when, your mistake. Well, when I have a meeting and I click the location of the meeting, yeah. it opens Apple Maps. Yeah. Or, so we should talk about your use of, but, of, but, of, of know, Apple Calendar I, later I, on. No one wants to hear yeah, that. You, you, you actually, if, the way Kevin describes it, you can actually use both because yeah. what you described was a world where Apple Maps has great directions, but the in they, the UI's they may not show you in the UI is better, but the venue may not be, it just may be missing. So you may have this nice workflow, which is you check Apple. If it gives you the answer, you could trust it to give you better directions, turn by turn. If they don't give you the answer, you just flip open Google Maps. I I was operating on the assumption that the credibility of the directions was... No, they fixed it. No, they fixed that. Really? They, no. did, they fixed it. I had so many examples with Apple Maps 1.x exactly. where it just yeah. sent you to the moon. And to Nabil's point, a couple weeks ago, I was driving to San Jose and there was, I guess, some sort of accident. It had me get off 280. It, it, it was saying, get off 280 El Monte. I was like, that's clearly wrong right. because I'm going to San Jose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going I'm gonna get on to 85. I right. know the way to get there. And it had me get off on El Monte drive the service and then get back on and I avoided this whole accident thing. Yeah. I was like, They wow, figured it out. So, so then you should be, if you feel like it's better, then you should always check Apple first. Yeah. Because if they I'm glad we've all agreed then. But it only, again, only makes me more frustrated that, that Apple is now all showing right. that they just don't have a priority for mail. So please tweet Nabil, at Nabil, if you feel like he's insane about Apple Maps. <laughs> And you can CC uh, the rest of us. Um, you want to keep talking about maps? Or we no. Can we talk about mail? Because you brought up mail. Okay, we can talk about mail. Our last topic will be the state of mail on, on, on iOS. Do you feel... Well, can I start? You're going to rant about Apple Mail for a little bit. but I, I, no, all mail clients. All mail clients. Yeah. Do you think it's an opportunity for a startup? No. No. That's the problem. That's the problem. Oh, sorry, not a venture-backed startup. Okay. So... Um, I mean, unless you have a bigger vision than just mail. Right. But the problem is with iOS 10, I just think it's uh, the client business. You're not going to replace the service. You're not going to replace Gmail or the cloud service. So you're going to be in the client app business. And then what are you doing? You're charging a download fee or something. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Right. So um, iOS 10 screwed up native mail for mobile. I I don't use mail... uh, desktop mail so I don't know what's going on with Sierra's mail but but I was using native mail on my phone dutifully all these years until really weird, iOS but... 10 and then yeah. iOS 10 did this cockamamie thing with threading and it just is crazy to I use them 
You don't feel like the threading is crazy, Tess? It's crazy. Okay. It's, it's, so it's, then, I, I wouldn't know because I literally never even opened it up. So then that led me on a journey. It's horrible. So you switched years ago. Yeah, I, can't I, I haven't used Apple Maps. I wouldn't even try to use Apple Maps. It makes Apple Maps 1.0 look glorious. <laughs> so so then I went down this path of like... There's a there's a kind of an okay fix for it, by the way. Yeah, you can just, just threading on top. That's right? how, I that's did, and I did. it's still not... I'm not in a happy place. So... I'm missing so much mail because I don't see the thing in the thread. It's just crazy time. So then our colleague John says, you got to use Outlook. Right. Like that's the... Which was a startup. A company. Yeah. Yeah. A company. So I downloaded Outlook because he told me to. And it's just a piece of shit Microsoft app. I mean, it's got this whole ribbon bar on the bottom. It's just heavy. It wants you to use their people thing. It's got all this extra cruft around. You know, so it's just they they because they put the ribbon bar, you've got less screen to work with, and it's just it's a Microsoft app. It's a Microsoft. App. So then, like I did this. Twitter I think thing. I think the branding is. I was using Accompli very way it. prior to Microsoft, and so maybe I have a different. You know, I think maybe the branding might be tainting you a little. It could easily be, but at the bottom they got this nav bar. It says like mail, calendar, people. Yeah, people doesn't be... sync with your Gmail people thing. You gotta, you know, that's right. It's that's true. Cogamated town, right? It's... And and then so then I went on this, you know, wandering the desert. So I've tried Airmail, Sparkmail, which I wanted to like because the name is cool. You know, <laughs> uh, I tried something called Boxer. I've tried uh, something actually called uh, it's the uh, it's called Mail. It's, it's by a company, I can't remember the name of it. Um, anyway, I, and, and then I did this Twitter poll. I got 400 people replying on my Twitter poll and basically people said the number, it was a split, it was exactly split. There were, I put down four, I said Airmail, Spark, um, Outlook, and Gmail. Gmail for iOS and Outlook were tied. Right. And I can't use either of those. I think they're, Gmail, my problem with Gmail is it doesn't have unified inbox. So I, I, I have personal mail and I have Spark mail. I have my, my one thing that always gets me from I switch to Gmail and I can't is I can't believe I can't drag someone from two to, to BCC. BCC. It's the BC curse. That's our use case. <laughs> I have one use case for mail. <laughs> Thank you for the introduction. Hey, so and so nice to meet you. And you want to drag it from two to BCC? I can't. Why can't I You're do doing that? it five times a day Why? as you meet new people with all the smart people at Google. That's they, they, they don't do introductions. They can't be that hard. <laughs> can't be that. Can I just touch the thing, drag the thing? Yeah, I I love Google Inbox. Can so you, you can you? But you can't do that. I can't do that, and it bugs me too. How do you live? But I, I like I like Google Inbox. I I'm, and I I do have a folder regimen that I like. I like the machine learning around the folder organizations. I have it taught, um, so everything in my inbox is only the stuff that I really want to read what right do you now. Mean you taught it. Um, to so your actions. What, yeah, so what the things that, the way that uh, you can kind of, the way Google Inbox works is there's a machine learning algorithm to what goes into the named mailboxes, uh, social and low priority and all these things. All those things are not real things. You can but retrain. They show up higher than your primary box. Not if you train it differently. So I have, I have things like um, family and um, uh, portfolio companies and I have... I have a bunch of folders that basically map to what I want my priorities to be, and then I have them... When you say folders, you mean labels? Labels. Okay. Resurface. I have them auto-organized into there for Google, and then I have them resurface only every once in a while. So for instance, my social stuff only comes into my inbox once a week, all of my social notifications. And so I'm, all of my e-commerce notifications only come in once a week. So I don't, just, I don't even see them for six days out of the week. 
um, which is hugely great. And so really the only stuff that comes into my mobile client that I look, when I look down at my phone is only my high priority emails, um, which is just, I've never had an inbox so automatically so your clean. your personal stuff and your work stuff get uh, is, is organized? Is commingled, yeah. No, but it gets, it gets- And they get uh, organized, yes. Everything from friends and family gets put in a personal mailbox. Everything that's professional gets a professional mailbox automatically. But you only have one email address in there because it doesn't do you. No, it does. Either. I have all of my Gmail personal stuff forward to my Spark address. So let's see. From there, I just your wife sends you an email, and uh, and Bastian at, at Postmates sends you an email. Right. And they send it within a minute of each other. Right. But it it just shows up on your inbox. So they would both show up in my primary inbox because it's high priority from both of those people. Both yeah. people high priority in my life, and then both would also get labeled one personal and one portfolio. For because he's because Bastion's in the portfolio. and Google just learned that because you taught it to yeah. you stuck it in that label and then it just knows Megan is. Uh, I just I didn't I didn't have to you know there was no rules committee right like yeah. this is what this is different than the old world version which you never actually tag anything or label anything which is that all I did was like a couple of times when Bastion emailed me I dragged the email into that folder and then I did that two or three times and it was like oh that's what you want to do with those emails and now you get to do false positives in that I, I what's so amazing is how few I mean like once every few weeks maybe one like it's incredibly accurate um maybe i'll try it and 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 so it, it's thinking about how you want to organize things yeah. and then teaching it the right that thing i'm really, really happy happy i had a problem with the threading thing on it too feeling like it truncated i had a feeling once when i was trying it that i got lost and it doesn't thread. you can't do drag and drop with two and <laughs> the, the, the only email thing. main is flawless at can I, can I make one complaint though about email? Which is that I, I feel like we're in the, you know, we're, we're in the midst of a rebirth of podcasts, which is wonderful. Um, we're also, also in the midst of a rebirth of mailing lists. Um, and I have, there's so many good mailing newsletters right now. And, and just Gmail is not where I want to consume that content. It's a ridiculous interface for consuming content. Um, What's that got to do with threading? It doesn't. I was segue. Oh, it's a bad segue. <laughs> right. But like, it's. I, I actually think there's a whole another startup. Again, I don't know if it's a venture back startup or not. But there's a product that I would love to handle. You want uh, to consume others. scheduled content. I want to consume all of that content that right now is showing up in my inbox. I want to consume that somewhere else. It shouldn't be there. It, what, what the the commingling of my wife's conversation about where we might go to dinner tonight and you know. The tech news of the day is that it doesn't make any sense at all. But I right? just created a filter. I have a newsletter folder and I check it. Why am I going into my email client to read that stuff? Oh, it doesn't make any sense to me. No, but you just, you just, it's were, long form You content. just gave a love affair on why inbox, like you just drag Primax newsletter twice to this newsletter label. No, it, and magically... it does do it. it. It sorts it all in there. It's more of a, UI UX affordance issue. Like when I'm in email, it's about quickly replying to things. Sort of, it's like it's like call and response. Yeah, you really want like rapid. pocket for like, this stuff? Yeah, I want pocket for news. I want an RSS reader for my email newsletters. Right. Because that's the mental model that I have when you're trying to consume that content. I'm not in Gmail to consume that content. It doesn't make use, any sense. You should use this cool app called Twitter, and then you don't need any newsletters. Yeah. How do I get Dan Primack to forward his yeah, he's, things he's, to Twitter? He's on an no, email. No, newsletters yeah. fall into a different gap, though. I just had this because what happens is Facebook's got this algorithm. I don't know what I'm going to get. So my news there is... Right. It's whatever... It's the, whatever. Whatever Zuck wants. Twitter, I just miss too much. I can't keep up. 
right? Because I follow not just news, right. I follow a bunch of things. So I can't just say, I'm going to open Twitter and we get all the news. I need a separate thing. And I mm-hmm. like the curation of whoever's. Do you ever use Nuzzle? Or does it still doesn't <clears throat> address what you need? <clears throat> I like Nuzzle. I use Nuzzle, but it doesn't do what I need because I subscribe to. Right. Countless newsletters. Count, you know, a bunch of different newsletters. So what your, yeah, your basic thing is like, hey, inbox, Google inbox is actually routing it fine to make it readable. But the idea of opening up this heavy email client just to consume right. um, media effectively. Yeah. It, like feels wrong. Right. Doesn't feel natural. Doesn't feel natural at all. all right. So mm-hmm. somebody Who's should uh, there, let us know if somebody's there, there. If somebody built something cool. Well, I think we should be done for today. I think we've gone for a little bit. It's been so, and, and especially if we want to do this more regularly, which which is our New Year's resolution for 2017. That's <laughs> high aspiration. Yes. Uh, then uh, you know, you, then you can tweet at us about what you want to hear about next time. Yes. Um, and we'll, we'll we'll try and do it again soon. Maybe have a guest on again. All right. Awesome. Thanks. That's an amazing high pump T-shirt. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Bijan's wearing an awesome hype machine T-shirt. So everybody go listen to hype machine. All right. See ya. Tip.